always like to round out Monday's show with a chat to the Courier Mail's chief sports writer in Robert Crash. Craddock Crash is with us now. Crash, good morning. Good morning, Paul and Jared. I love this week of the year. Second week of Wimbledon, British Open, golf looming, uh, Origin decider. It's uh, it's pretty special. Well, we're not going to be bored as, as sports fans, are we, Crash? No, no, and it's just... Hey, do you know what a deceptively unsatisfying night in front of the box is when there's too much on? Like, I was neurotic on Saturday night, switching from the test in England, from the the Broncos-Cowboys game. Geelong were playing in the AFL. There was... There was just everything on, and, and you, you just feel as if you're missing, constantly missing out. <laughs> well, you, you're watching everything and seeing nothing. Yeah, exactly, Paul. And, and just, you know, you, you, there's sometimes... that, that, that There's an overrated there. When there's too much on the box, you're thinking, oh, this is going to be... What a, what a feast we've got tonight. Then you never satisfy yourself. You jump around, and it's just like when you go to the buffet and there's just too much, too many choices. <laughs> that doesn't worry you, Jared, does it? No, not at all. Not at all. But but you're quite right. I find myself in this day and age going through a lot more batteries on the remote than I ever did before. <laughs> and, and wherever channel you're on, Crash, something always happens on the other one. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I can remember a, a similar situation about a year ago and I was bouncing from one to the other. Then all of a sudden, I lucked upon a David Attenborough nat- a nature <laughs> special on whales, which I love. And I, and I got distracted for 15 minutes, and I thought, what am I doing? And, and I thought, up <laughs> like, oh, Bob's David Attenborough, if you don't mind. Oh, well, hey, boys, if I can just uh, sure. go off on a tangent here for a moment. I'm just having a look at Ben Damon's Twitter account. He's posted a photo of Jay Opatea's jaw. They are serious fractures on either side. So if anybody either goes to the Courier Mail website to have a look at it or Ben Damon's uh, Twitter account, that is absolutely amazing, the damage that's been done there. Yeah, I saw that, Jared, and, and uh, it is a savage fracture, isn't it? I mean, I remember, you know, when, um, you know, that how could he possibly get a, a skate without having his jaw wide? You'd think it would have to be, wouldn't you? So, wow, yeah. gee, it'll be a tough couple of months for him for sure. It's just not like a little chip. Oh, it, no, it look at that. Bro- broken, broken, clear, clean away, both sides. Oh, it's He's the one pain. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Crash, what about uh, underrated? Underrated this week, and I've been dying to give this organisation a plug because I've been tracing their progress for a few years. The men of league, you know, under the stewardship now of Andrew Blucher, they... I just there's been about four or five hard cases I've seen that they've just helped guys who were in really tough situations, Jared. And I'm not going to mention names, but just behind the scenes, they're they're really helping a lot of people and doing brilliant work. And uh, one of the reasons I, I mention it because I just noticed that on Friday week they've got a terrific lunch lined up with your old mate Fatty Vaughton at North Devils Leagues Club. They're going to gonna trawl through the wash-up of the state of origin with, of course, the decider will be two days before it. And uh, mm. I understand there's still tickets available. I'm thinking of heading out myself because Fatty Fortin's one of the great guest speakers. I, I, honestly, he, he's just a, a, a born showman. So they're underrated. And two other quick ones. The Gold Coast Suns, sure, they got beaten by Collingwood. No, uh, I don't think they'll make the finals now. But they're keeping their dukes in the air, and it was terrific to see them fighting so hard before going down by a goal on the weekend. Stuart Jew, well done. The New Zealand Warriors, 
to spend three years basically away from home is unspeakably generous by them. I'm so glad they had a win in their return game against the West Tigers on the weekend. Wonderful scenes there, guys having shoeys and complete madness. And you mentioned the other one, Jared, just very sneakily. And I've been bagging them since round one of the season. South Sydney. Mm. <laughs> they're just sneaking up on us. They're only a couple of wins out of the four. Never mind. No, they're in the, the eight. So they've got Newcastle next game. And they are Latrell Mitchell back. Like, if you're going to have a sneaky go on a roughie in the NRL, I can't believe I'm saying it. I've bagged them for 15 weeks in a row, but they, they are emerging. I can just, if we can just go back to the Suns, it's starting to look like they might finish a Valiant ninth or 10th. And yep. by Valiant, I, I think given that they lost their gun forward, you can't afford to be losing a guy of uh, the capabilities of Ben King and expect to be a force. They will be a force in the next two or three seasons because they're not going to lose any players. Yeah, it's been a long journey for him, hasn't it? it has. And, and the, the best they ever got was when Gary Ablett was in peak form. They were surging towards the eight, and Ablett went down with a shoulder injury, and that was them for the season. This is about probably six, seven years ago. Uh, they fought hard for everything they've got, and, and they've been derided. They've been had a lot of players leave to go to other clubs like Tom Lynch. And uh, so every little bit of success they have is really well enjoyed throughout the competition. Like people, you know, think they know the Jews they've paid and they, they're happy to see them, you know, getting some reward. Crash, well, there you're underrated, those, those three or four combined. What about you overrated for the weekend? Parramatta and their... <laughs> Remember oh. a couple of weeks ago we did Parramatta, we bagged them for their outrageously exuberant celebration when they beat the Roosters. That's right. And say, hey, any danger you can put two or three together? Well, they can't because they've been beaten again uh, this weekend by, by the Rabbitohs. But I just think, look, th they get you talking, para, don't they? We spent half our life this chewing over why they're so hot years, and But, yeah, interesting. What is it, 20 years it's been going on. 1986 was their last, was their last Premiership, 86. Uh, imagine that. Just, 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 let's just go back to 1986. Mick Cronin, Ray Price, Peter Sterling, uh, victory lap of the, you know, uh, uh, after the grand final. Imagine if you'd have said they will not win another Premiership at, the, at least until the year 2022. People would have laughed mm. at you. They would have said, we'll win one next year. And they they just forgot to plan, didn't they? And they've uh, they've been through several chief executives or countless coaches and any number of promising players. But yeah, it's uh, they're enigmatic, that's for sure. Crasher, you said you were very busy on the weekend. All the the sport you had to watch. I'm assuming the Broncos Cowboys game caught your eye on on Saturday uh, evening. Look, it was just terrific, wasn't it? The rumbuctious attack and, and uh, to see these two old rivals go at each other like that. And I know a few Broncos fans that went north for the game and sat in the stands. And full credit to the Cowboys supporters. They said, you don't really feel you're in alien territory up there. Sure, they, they cheer for their home side a lot, but they're very good-natured towards rivals. And a lot of them have travelled a long way to be at the game. And they said after the game, because of this new uh, stadium situated in the centre of Townsville, the whole city lights up when Cowboys win a game. So this is the joy of it. And, I mean, Jonathan Thurston, 
for all that he did as a player, he, the most important rugby league sentence he ever uttered was after the 2015 grand final when he said, I think it's about time the Cowboys got a new stadium. That, that, that got them over the line. That got the ball rolling. That's why they're there. Mm. So it, it's great to see them doing well. But there was honour in defeat for the Broncos. They, they, I like what Walters has done with this team. They, even when they lose now, they have a crack. They come back late. Uh, sure, you know, they're, they're, they're not at their best right at the moment. They've had two losses after seven wins. But this is a season of very strong progress. And just on the Broncos, Adam Reynolds, they patch him up and try and wheel him out every week? Well, do you know what, Jared? It, it is interesting, isn't it? Because he's got this busted rib and people who play with broke ribs say that there's no pain quite like that of a broken rib and people say oh yeah he gets injections but it's still in the back of your mind and how much pain you will feel after the game when the painkillers wear off so well I assume Adam gets injections most do so uh but uh, he was off key the other night and you could tell they were running hard at him he will get that all season he's used to it but we're not seeing used to seeing Adam Reynolds kick balls into touch on the full uh, and to, to have some shanks with the, with the right foot. But um, he's still a good presence there for them. But, yeah, it's going to be a long three years in his early 30s. I've had more than one Sydney journo say to me this statement. They said, South may have got it right, mate, not offering him a three-year deal. You know, maybe, you know, he's done brilliantly for the Broncos this year. He has turned around their mindset, even when he's not there. He has had an imprint on the way they play, on the way they think. He's been a, a terrific signing, but we are only halfway through his three-year journey, Jared. I think he's going to be fantastic for young Ezra Mam. Crash, I I think Mam is a a real special talent, and I think uh, I think Reynolds is really going to help him on here. Well, and 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 I think he'll help him especially because he loves him so much. I mean. We did an interview for Fox Sports about a month ago and part of the questions was, name me the player we will be talking about a lot in the year's time that we're not talking about now. And for some of the other questions, he took time to think. One question was, oh, name the player that has surprised you since you've got here. And he goes, uh, uh, uh. he was thinking, oh, actually, Carrigan. And, uh, but when we said the player who's to be headline act in the year's time, he said, Ezra, man, mate, yeah, straight away. He said, oh, that was quick. He said, yeah, he just slices it up at training. He said, you can just see it. He said, there is a guy ready to shine right here, right now, and, you know, for the next four or five years. Well, whilst there's plenty of good news floating around about, about both the Broncos and the Cowboys, not so much for the Gold Coast, and looks like Justin Holbrook is the one they've all got in the gun this week. Yeah, and look, well, they're, they're just going so badly, Jared, and it... This will leave a hole in the heart of the Gold Coast if Justin Holbrook is given his marching orders because the owners of the club are so fond of him and, and everyone there. He's a fundamentally really decent guy. He got him to the finals last year. But, it, but when a coach comes out after a loss to Newcastle over the weekend, as he did, and says that he's lost for answers, it's a very vulnerable statement, isn't it? It's almost yeah. like saying, I've done my best. And, and you know, he's scratching his head. And, and so it gets to a point where, you know, the, the coach can't get through to a team anymore. Everyone yeah. likes Holbrook. He had some really good ideas about the game. 
if you said to me, okay, be critical of his coaching style, uh, the only thing I'll say is this. I always feel Gold Coast teams want to have their lemon meringue pie before they eat their meat and potatoes. I mean, have a look at what the Cowboys have done this year. It's all been based on A, getting fit, and B, defending with grunt near your own line. Like, they had all these games where they were conceding no points in the second half. There was about six of them. Like, they'd be going no points, no points, two points in the second half, and the next one would be four points. Like, they, they are fit and strong and aggressive and tackling for each other. You can't build a club on fancy Dan attack without the defence. Crash, uh, we know you love your tennis. Wimbledon this week, we're into week two. Did you enjoy the match between Nick Kyrgios and Stefanos Tsitsipas? <laughs> you couldn't look away, could you? And uh, oh, Look, I don't go for Kyrgios and his antics, but he. the bottom line to this was we can go on about he said, she said, uh, who was right, who was wrong, but Kyrgios's game plan worked. He got inside Tsitsipas's head. Now, when Kyrgios is playing one of the big four, like Djokovic, Nadal, Federer, it's got a different sort of feel to it because he's a bit more reverential and respectful towards them, and they just sort of let him do his thing. As if, say, mate, I'm not engaging here. I'm just, just playing my game, and if my game uh, clicks, I win. Whereas uh, Tsitsipas just... He, he, he got lured into the web. He hit a ball into the crowd. He then gave Kyrgios the high ground to say, he can't do that. He injured a spectator. He should be defaulted. Now, I reckon that really rattled uh, Titsipas. It, it just, it really did. He, he, you could just tell he was thinking, oh, and after the game, he said, I'll never do that again. So he owned him. He got him. He won. And... Uh, Interesting road ahead, though, for Kyrgios. He could win his next two games, including one against Alex Dimonor, and then it's uh, he's a couple of wins away from the title pool, which we never thought he'd win. At what price, Jared? Nine dollars? Uh, he's seven fifty this morning. Actually, he was pretty short when when the markets went up. He was only nineteen or twenty one dollars or something like that. I, I guess it's based on what you th- what you hope might happen rather than the, his form. But just we're, we're chatting about this at the top of the show. I'm not convinced that uh, the tennis authorities are that unhappy when Nick Kyrgios turns it on because those that footage from that particular match and the aftermath, that was on the front and back page of every newspaper and, and TV show around the world for the weekend. That dominated. Well, Jared, this is what we're seeing in sport. Like, it's OK having a go at live golf for signing all the uh, guys who passed their best, but they're the men in black who get people talking Bryson DeChambeau, unpopular. Patrick Reed, unpopular. Brooks Kepka, you know, gnarly sort of guy. Uh, Phil Mickelson, controversial, polarising. Now, you know, they, 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 they get people talking and they create big headlines. And I, I thought Greg Norman and, and uh, you know, in this ongoing battle between Live Golf and the traditional, they picked out this John Deere Classic in America, which had basically no stars in it because they're all going to the British Open and they're all having a week off. And that's why they probably won the weekend because... And I enjoyed your quotes too, Paul, about the Icon Series and Ash Barty, but uh, in terms of Liv versus the PGA, you know, Liv, Liv would consider they made good progress this weekend with their bunch of bad boys, you know? You're right, though. There's no... The guys that get the headlines for for the wrong reasons, but still get the headlines, they are all with Live Golf, aren't they? 
Oh, they are. The, 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 the villains, and, and deliberately so. I think they targeted those guys. Like, uh, you know, the, the, um, there's so many of the... I looked at the leaderboard to the John Deere Classic and barely knew any of them. And so you do... They, they do turn the dial, these guys. You can... Um, and I understand a couple of the boys, uh, the Australians who are... Uh, Jed Morgan and the other guys are living the life. You know, they get they go on they get taken on a charter flight to different places, and uh, you get tickets for your family for to come over and everything. So, or at least some of them have. I know that. So, and then, but what happens when it all finishes? You know, I believe Jed Morgan, the Queensland, has got three tournaments at least. So he's got another one. Uh, but it's an intri- He'll uh, he'll be a fascinating story when it all ends for Jed. That's the problem with this, and, and again, we've been talking about this, if there's only X amount of players, and obviously the more they sign, Paul Casey looks like a signed overnight, so someone's got to drop off at the bottom. So it's all well and good getting the sign-on fees, but then if you're ostracised from everywhere else, what, what do you do? Very, very, very good point. And I don't think the golf world really knows the answer yet. But no. uh, Jed Morgan's OK because he wasn't aligned to any tour when he signed up. But you're right. If you drop off the bottom of it, um, you know, we, we compare this to World Series cricket in the 1978, 79 era. And Len Pascoe, the New South Wales fast bowler, told me on Cricket Legends, he said, mate, it was great for me for, for, for two years when I had a $25,000 contract. That's all it was, but it was big money back then each year. But then there was nothing. Uh, I lost my, my job out of it. And he said, I lost my future and everyone was back together, but I was sort of cast aside. So there will be collateral damage, but uh, the sweetener is that a lot of these guys will earn, you know, somewhere, even for playing terribly, they'll earn nearly a million dollars, which they, they wouldn't have earned on the anywhere else. Crash, uh, yeah, one thing we didn't have to worry about on Saturday night was the first test between Australia and Sri Lanka because the Aussies wrapped it up in, in two days in one session. Brilliant on Friday afternoon, our time. Yeah, Chipak Cummins is captaining him well. Calm and relentless is his mantra. They sorted out Nathan Lyon, who last time he went to Sri Lanka, oh, there was this big kerfuffle about Nathan, you're not bowling. You bowl over the top of the ball, top spin. Come down the side of the ball, get side spin. Well, that's what he's doing now, and he, he was just terrific. Mitchell Swepson got five wickets for the game. That was okay. I thought he was uh, bowled some nice balls. Very, very impressed uh, with Alex Carey. He took two under edges sweep shots over the stumps. Two, two really good catches and a brilliant innings where he just swept everything and completely destroyed Sri Lanka's attack for about 40 minutes. Then the game was gone. So. Um, Another test coming up this week. It'll be a turning wicket again. If Australia wanted to, they could sack one of their fast bowlers and play another spinner, John Holland um, or Glenn Maxwell or someone, but I don't think they will. And England and India has been an entertaining test. Jared, test cricket is beautiful to watch at the moment. Johnny Bairstow scored his third century in as many tests. His last two were hurricane force. This one he was playing slowly until Virat Kohli wound him up. He thought, right, I've had enough of you. And he just went into blitzkrieg mode. It was fabulous last night. Kohli sort of, uh, 
gave him a little bit of a send-off as he walked off after scoring 106, but it was still a great innings. And the bottom line is that uh, India are about 250 ahead with seven wickets in hand tonight. So England have chased down three good totals. Can they do it a fourth time? I don't think so tonight. But, gee, the, the way they're playing with Rishabh Pant at the crease now, he could do anything tonight. That, that'll be the best, best telly on the box tonight. Rishabh Pant v England again after his hurricane century in the first innings. Speaking so you won't of be watching Big Brother? <laughs> <laughs> no, not me, mate. You can have that all to yourself. Crash, we've only got 90 seconds left. Uh, are we going to be watching cricket on Channel 7 this summer? Yes, we will, but they've had a major falling out with Cricket Australia. And to, I reckon they'll do their last two years and we'll never see Seven involved with cricket after that. They will bid next time, Paul, but it'll only be to force the price up. So it's a funny old court case, that one, uh, I must say. Seven going in in year five of a six-year deal, saying they want out of the deal. But uh, it wasn't a good deal to start with. And um, I just think it was always a bit of an awkward fit. Although, you know, they... Uh, you never, you never say never in the television industry. Executives change, and so do policies. But I just the, think Seven will do two more years and then gone. And crash just a quick one: Does Tom Gilbert get named today for State of Origin Game Three? I think he will. Former St Pat's, Brisbane Grammar, Wavell High School. Great signing by the Cowboys. They signed him as a, as a about seventeen years old. Put so much work to him. He'll replace Felice Kafusi. And, uh, of course, the Redcliffe Dolphins are very happy because they bring him back to, down this way next season. He's earned that. Uh, he's been the, the embodiment of everything's gone well for the Cowboys this year. Good, strong runner and defender. They think he's in, Paul. Nothing signed, sealed, delivered, but that's the mail. Good on you, Crash. We'll chat next week. Always a pleasure. Can't wait. See you then, guys.